0: Is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chris Meyer. Viewpoint is a one hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now, with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chris Meyer. Fauci lied and people died, declared Elon Musk. And apparently, Bill Gates is on tap with that because now he has joined together with a high level pandemic exercise for catastrophic contagion that they're expecting and planning for in the very near future. What's going on here? Is it deja vu all over again? So I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's Conversation as always. With ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms today. Unfortunately, it's necessary that we go back and talk again about the COVID-19 issue, and the so-called vaccines. I say so-called vaccines because they're really not vaccines. The CDC finally was brought to admit that they were not vaccines, and because of that, they had to change the definition of a vaccine in order to pretend that they were marketing, I do say marketing, the so-called vaccines legitimately. What they came to admit is that the so-called COVID vaccines, the jabs, do not prevent transmission and do not prevent you from getting the virus. Do not prevent transmission and do not prevent you from getting the virus, which is the whole purpose of a vaccine and which is shall we say, a functional definition of what it means to be a vaccine. Therefore, they changed the definition and continue to market the so-called vaccine as efficacious to protect the vast numbers of the human population in America and therefore because of America's status in the world throughout the world. So when Elon Musk this weekend triggered a social media firestorm by suggesting that U.S. covid 19 czar Dr. Anthony Fauci should be investigated and prosecuted for allegedly lying under oath about the funding of research at a Wuhan lab in China. He wasn't playing games. At first, people thought he was being facetious, but he was not. He went on to say, as for Fauci, he lied to Congress and funded gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. So Must said this is a response to a critic. Now, the thing is that Dr. Fauci, who is now 81, has already indicated his intention to retire by the end of this month. But he led America's controversial COVID-19 response, which was marked by his flip-flopping on issues such as the efficacy of mass and herd immunity targets. Shortly after Fauci announced that he would step down as Biden's chief medical advisor and as the director of the National Institute of Health's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Senator Paul Rand demanded that the Biden administration preserve documents and messages that could become evidence in a potential probe. The senator, Dr. Rand, Paul, Previously had accused Fauci of directing public funding to gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab and lying about it under oath in congressional testimony as the two sparred repeatedly, you may have heard them, on television. The senator previously accused Fauci of directing public funding for gain-of-function research. What is gain-of-function research? Well, it's the modification of pathogens to enhance them in various potential ways, including transmissibility. In other words, to make them far more dangerous. That's the whole purpose of gain of function. So what does that have to do with the meeting that took place in October, October 23rd of this year, In Brussels, Belgium, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security in partnership with the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation conducted catastrophic contagion. That's what it's called. I'm looking right now at the big globe background uh, where all these people from around the world were gathered to discuss. Now, what are we going to do when the next big pandemic comes? which they're expecting right away, by the way. The extraordinary group of participants consisted of 10 current and former health ministers and senior public health officials from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angola, Libya, uh, Liberia, rather, Singapore, India, Germany, and as well as Bill Gates, who is co-chair of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So the exercise there in Belgium was to simulate a series of World Health Organization Emergency Health Advisory Board meetings addressing a fictional pandemic set in the near future. So the participants were uh, challenged to grapple with how to respond to such an epidemic before it becomes a pandemic with a higher fatality rate than the COVID-19 virus. Well, What's interesting about this is that it was only a year before the pandemic that we have been dealing with and have talked about occurred that another such group like this met with Bill Gates. Why was that meeting just within a year of the beginning of the outbreak of the COVID virus? What did they know? What did Bill Gates and those who were gathered know? Was it preplanned? Was it a planned rather than a pandemic? Some people have suggested that. I'm not here today to say that, that it was a planned-demic, but it's certainly suspicious. But then when we see that the very same pattern now is recurring, So that in October, the end of October this year, another gathering with Bill Gates at the head is looking for a more serious pandemic, more viral, viral, more with a higher fatality rate than COVID-19. Are they actually trying to create such a situation? And if so, why would they be trying to create it? Well, first of all, we cannot answer for sure that they are trying to create it, but it does look suspicious. But we can answer the question as to why they would try to create it. There are two reasons. Number one, Bill Gates, as you should know by now, is a hyperventilated proponent, not opponent, but proponent of reducing the population of the planet dramatically. There are others alongside him. They believe that the population of the planet should be reduced by at least one-third. I want you to think about that because we've just reached 8 billion people. Now, let's assume that it was just 6 billion people. A third would be 2 billion people that they would be intentionally trying to uh, take from the land of the living in order to create what they call sustainability for the planet. But it's almost 3 billion people now that would be taken. What would you call that? Think about that during the break. What name would you apply to that kind of activity? Have you been thinking about what word or what name to call, what designation you would call such an activity to intentionally reduce the planet population by one third or approximately three billion people? Would you call it extermination? Would you call it intentionalized holocaust? An intentionalized catastrophe? A shaking of the fist in the face of the creator who created humankind in his image? What would you call it? As people cry across the country and across the land, uh, the world, never again with regard to the Holocaust, why would we allow this kind of conversation to go on with legitimacy in the name of Climate control. That's right. There's always a reason. Hitler had his reasons to advance Aryan superiority. That was his reason. What was wrong with that in his mind? Well, in the mind and heart of Bill Gates, apparently, what is wrong with exterminating, intentionally preparing the way for nearly three billion people to be eradicated from the planet in the pursuit of so-called sustainability and climate control? These are the kinds of things that we're dealing with that don't seem to catch the attention of the people in the conversations and discussion with regard to COVID, with regard to any kind of pandemic, and with regard to vaccines, because it is necessary that we look not at what we think or historically have thought they were for, but what they are currently intended to be for to accomplish. Now, with those things having been said is a foundation. And I cannot sit here and say this is that or that that's exactly what they're doing. But it certainly looks extremely suspicious. And when you begin to connect the dots and you see that history is repeating itself and the very same players that were at the very heart of that initial period immediately before the first breaking out of a pandemic are now engaged in a similar kind of preparation. It makes one wonder, doesn't it? But beyond that, let's look at the facts as they are today, which is really why we're coming on the air to talk about this again today. First of all, let me just preface any further remarks with this statement. It does not give me any thrill. It gives me no joy to discuss the matter of COVID and the vaccine anymore. No joy whatsoever. I'm getting rather tired of it, quite frankly. The problem is that the situation and issues are becoming more severe. The question is, why are they becoming more severe? Not just are they becoming more severe, but why? Why? And when we start to talk about the why, that's when the fur starts to fly. But on this program, we have determined to do the best that we can to connect the dots, to give answers that people can uh, believe in, and to help us to understand the greater picture of what seems to be taking place on the ground with what God has said concerning our times. One of the things that we know for absolute certainty concerning our times is how Jesus defined what would take place during these times. He said in response to his disciples request as to uh, you know when would they would know about the end of the age, what would be the sign of his coming into the end of the age? The very first thing that he said was, take heed that no man deceive you. Right there in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus' longest teaching or discourse other than the Sermon on the Mount. It was very serious for Jesus. That's why he spent so much time, a whole chapter in Matthew 24 and also Matthew 25. It's all part of the same Olivet Discourse. But Jesus did not stop with saying, take heed that no man deceive you. He went on to say that many will come in my name and deceive many. So that's a different kind of deception. That's telling us about a kind of deception that would come in the name of Jesus or in the name of God. And we see lots of deception taking place that way. How about the pastor's? Who went on who went boldly and declared to their congregations that Jesus would have you get the vaccine. That's right. Franklin Graham said that. Not trying to demean Franklin Graham, but he said that. He used Jesus' name in order to try to convince Christians to get a vaccine that he himself knew nothing about. Yet if he had taken even a little bit of time, he would have been forewarned that such a statement might actually be deception in the name of Christ. How many other pastors across the country, evangelical pastors, trusted people, told their people to get the vaccine. If you don't get the vaccine, you don't love Jesus, and you don't love your fellow man. Therefore, you fail in the two great commandments, to love the Lord and to love uh, your uh, neighbors yourself. That's what they said. That's telling people in the name of Jesus, you must take the vaccine or else. Friends, those pastors... While they may have had good intentions, deception always frequently comes on the heels of good intentions. In fact, good intentions fi- define the road to hell at Compromise Corner. Good intentions are not enough. That's one of the reasons why we take the time here on this program to assist to try to help professing Christians To understand what's really at stake. It's not just your health that is at stake. It's way beyond that. What we're talking about here is the demeaning of trust itself. Trust, first of all, in all of our institutions here on this planet. Government, medicine, law, education, and yes, even our spiritual instruction in our churches. All of those have been put at risk as a result of the representations that have been made concerning COVID and its various forms and the vaccines or jabs. That's serious business, friends. It was the Apostle Peter, I believe, who said that in these last days, men would be deceiving, be deceived and leading in deception. So you'd have deceivers and those who were being deceived, and even the deceivers were being deceived, and so deception was becoming the premier characteristic of these times, and indeed it is. You'd have to be blind in one eye and refuse to see out of the other to not realize and recognize that deception is absolutely rampant. And it's not just about COVID. It's not just about the jab. It's about so many, many different things. It's about issues of truth. It's about issues of the truth of God and his word. Even truth is maligned in the name of Christ today. By saying, well, Jesus would never have meant that. Jesus would never have said that, or he wouldn't have, he couldn't possibly have meant that. Well, that's what he said. So what you're doing is elevating your viewpoint as equal to or exceeding Jesus' viewpoint on a particular issue. What do you call that? That's deception in Jesus' name, friends. Using Jesus' name as your authority for dissing what Jesus said. There are two main Applications for that we've talked about so many times. One is the approval of divorce and remarriage if your spouse is still living. And the other is the approval of homosexual behavior. And people will approve both of them in Jesus' name. Pastors are doing it. That's why we have such a multiplication of these things in our culture over this period of time since the 1960s. Now, the same thing is happening with regard to COVID and the vaccine, and it has different consequences, but it's even being promoted in Jesus' name. So I want to go through a series of articles here that will help us, hopefully, because I'm not the authority. There are those who are authorities, And who are, whose authority has been demeaned and repudiated because they dared to tell the truth that nobody else was willing to tell, including pastors themselves, including the majority of doctors that we trusted. They were on the bandwagon, telling people what somebody else told them, and relying upon deceivers for their authority to communicate supposed truth to their patients, when in fact it wasn't truth at all. Not even close. So here we are again with Dr. Peter McCullough. Among prominent cardiologists calling for a halt to the COVID-19 mRNA shots, contending there is a link between the vaccines or the jabs, and the increase in reports of sudden deaths from cardiac arrest. Now, we've talked about this before. We're repeating it again. People will believe what they want to believe. Nobody is ever deceived against their will. There isn't something in us that wills to be deceived, that wills to be seduced. And we would rather, rather than investigating, rather than checking out whether or not something that we're being told is true, we just decide to lazily decide to rely upon what somebody else says and not consider the consequences. Dr. Peter McCullough is not willing to do that. He says there is a link between the vaccines and the increase in reports of sudden deaths from cardiac arrest. In a column in his Substack page, he pointed to an unusual study conducted in Germany of autopsies of 35 people who died within 20 days of COVID-19 vaccine injection. A total of 25 of the 35 people, 71%, had a final diagnosis consistent with vaccine injury, including myocardial infarction, vascular aneurysm, pulmonary embolism, fatal stroke, and vaccine-induced thrombotic uh, thrombocytopenia. Biopsies of the heart muscle, he said, pointed out, showed inflammation very similar to what was seen in the deltoid muscle where the MRN vaccine was injected. He said inflammation in the heart was coincident with the same pattern of inflammation in the arm. So he said, thus we can conclude death within a few days of vaccination is most likely due to the genetic product and that inflammation in the arm may be surrogate for a similar process that will take place in the heart. So he's becoming increasingly disturbed, as he says the public is, with reports of death among the vaccinated. He said it's natural to ask, was the death caused by vaccination? He said the most definitive way of answering that question is with autopsy. And that's why this particular study in Germany was important. Dr. Marty McCari, a surgeon in public policy research at Johns Hopkins University, also weighed in on the study. He said this is a German study with, from a reputable group, and it's very hard to conduct this kind of research in the U.S., Why is that? Because it's not politically correct and you'll lose your job. You'll lose your, uh, license to practice, uh, medicine in the United States. In other words, we're not a lover of truth in this country. We're a lover of power, a lover of money, a lover of political correctness, but not of truth. Another said the sudden and unexpected deaths and cardiac events in otherwise healthy people is the COVID-19 vaccines. Two other leading doctors, together with Dr. McCauley. What do you say? We'll be right back.
1: There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoint. Again, I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Today, we're dealing again uh, with developments with regard to the COVID issue and the so-called vaccines and the studies that are going on and conclusions being made from those studies that should be persuasive to any reasonable-minded person who does not have ulterior motives to be deceived. If you have an ulterior motive to be deceived, in other words, you just want to. You're you're fearful. You're you're plagued by fear. Therefore, you want to assuage your fear. Therefore, in spite of or despite all of the evidence to the contrary, you'll get the shot, thinking that it's going to assuage your fears, when in reality it should increase your fears, because of the devastating consequences that are being shown. As a result of taking these so called vaccines, it's killing off an abnormal number of people worldwide, including in the United States. Now that's wickedness. When you knew or should have known, as did Pfizer and Moderna. There's a reason why they're trying to hide their studies and their their research, friends. There's a reason why they ask Congress and the president to uh, lock up their results for 65 years. Why do you think they did that? Because they're guilty as sin, and they know it. But they continue to promote more booster shots because they've got a freewheeling deceiver in the White House who will buy their story hook, line, and sinker no matter what the evidence shows, including his so-called Surgeon General. I, I want to help us to understand... How this kind of thing develops. And it's not hard to figure out. It really isn't hard to figure out. Nature abhors a vacuum, friends. And when when our genuine trust in God and his word begins to wane over time, Satan is quick to interject an alternative. And inevitably, what he does is shift our focus from authentic faith uh, faith to a fleshly counterfeit. So... With regard to trusting God, with regard to eternal salvation, that's one thing. But there are many other ways in which we are supposed to be trusting God. That's why he gave us various titles or names to display who he is. For instance, he called himself Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that provides, the Lord God who is there, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, Jehovah uh, the Lord our banner, and so on. There's a reason why God gave those names to himself to display who he is as our I am. But when we do not know him that way, when our trust begins to wane and we look to, then we begin to look to other alternatives as a surrogate to replace or fill the vacuum. So... This is true with regard to spiritual. Israel, as with the West and the Western Gentile church, is suffering from acute spiritual anemia. So we're wide open for Satan's final spiritual deception. And it's been designed to entrap both Jew and Gentile, and its final manifestation is going to be revealed for those who have an eye to see. Now, one of the areas in which it's, it's like a... A premonition of further, even more serious deception to come, a spiritual deception to come. This COVID thing is preparing people to readily receive whatever a counterfeit God, that is government, godless government, tells you is important and you must do. Which leads inevitably to the final and ultimate test discussed in Revelation chapter 13, the mark of the beast. If you could not resist the COVID jab and conjure up every reason under the sun why you should take it, notwithstanding all of the information, why do you think you're not going to be able to, why do you think you're going to be able to resist The mark of the beast when it comes because it's going to be marketed even the more so, even under threat of not even being able to eat, not being able to conduct business because the government will have complete control as your surrogate God. That's where things are going. And that's the reason why, friends, I wrote a book called Seduction of the Saints. How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception. Deception comes in many forms. Seduction is the means, shall we say, the avenue to the deception. So the book is called Seduction of the Saints. But it's about deception. It's about how to avoid the deception that comes from the seduction. And not one person is ever seduced against their will. Nobody. You may say, well, my flesh was weak. Well, that's true. Our flesh is weak. But that's when we can allow the Holy Spirit to become strong in our lives to overcome the flesh. The Apostle Paul talked about the war of the flesh against the spirit, even in his own life. We all have that battle, friends. We do. Don't deny it, we do. That's the ultimate spiritual warfare. And this book reveals how that works in so many, many, many different areas. It's divided into, as I recall, seven different sections so that it's easy to understand the difference between the various kinds of uh, uh, seduction and deception how it comes, and then how to avoid it, how to live victoriously. It's an $18 book. Yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Now, as I've indicated before, for the month of December, we have provided some very special packages for our listeners uh, to enable you to become, shall we say, uh partners with us in the sense of helping to get the message out through the books that God has given us to write. So one of those packages is Seduction of the Saints, King of the Mountain, and Antichrist. That package of three books, which normally would go for $60, is yours for $41, $19 discount. Why are we doing that? Again, because we want these books, the messages of these books, to be spread as broadly as possible, as quickly as possible, to prepare the way of the Lord for the maximum number of people for history's final hour. So, you you can go to the website, saveus.org, saveus.org, and look for those special December packages. There are five of them, and I just named one of them there because I had mentioned uh, that I think as a result of today's program, you certainly should be getting the book Seduction of the Saints. Now, this whole thing is going to go to globalism, and quite frankly, uh, in, in my opinion, it is my viewpoint that the COVID issue is being used to catapult the world much more quickly to the one world order and the Great Reset. In fact, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, actually said it should be used that way. Joe Biden's environmental czar, said that Joe Biden and his inauguration was opening up the door for the final Great Reset in global order. Mm -hmm. And the COVID issue is being used to grease the skids to catapult the world into that mind and heart set. So, for... The latter time trader in trust to gain global dominion, to invite men to sacrifice their eternal souls for the promise of temporal peace and prosperity. Satan's global government gospel has to be nearly universally embraced. And it is. It's being almost universally embraced. So how will you recognize Satan's duplicity in the hour of deception when you haven't been able to recognize it in this more modest and uh, more easily identifiable situation? All right. Are you ready? For the World Tribune today, actually uh, December 9th, Specialists call for vaccines to be withdrawn immediately. What's at stake here is death. That's the quote. What's at stake here is death. During a Wednesday panel last week, discussion hosted by Wisconsin Republican Senator Ron Johnson and attended by two uh, editors, a group of distinguished doctors and scientists who specialize in COVID-19 vaccine research and treatment, Detailed the widespread corruption and mismanagement that was prevalent since the early stages of the pandemic. Many of the speakers suffered loss of income, loss of status, or loss of their jobs for speaking truth that contradicted U.S. government virus overlords. Again, Dr. Peter McCullough was one of the nation's, is one of the nation's top cardiologists, and he noted, quote, the pathway to prevent any more harm is all the vaccines need to be pulled off the market, that is withdrawn, that needs to happen immediately, he said, because what's at stake here is death. But since the vaccine rollout, we've had 750,000 additional COVID deaths in America. That's not the record of a successful vaccine, he says. Oh, we have much more to share with you in this regard. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. Specialists calling for vaccines to be withdrawn immediately.
1: Have you ever considered what the early church was like? But the same can be found right now. Go to SaveUs.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's SaveUs.org. Click Sell Church.
0: Before we go further, I want to clarify something in case some have misunderstood some things that I've said. Uh, not with regard to the COVID situation of the vaccines, but with regard to our books. I have said that we make, that I make no money from the sale of these books. It's true. I don't make any money. But when you buy the books, you get the books through our website or by calling or writing to us. That does benefit Save America Ministries. It's one of the ways that uh, we support this ministry. So, if you run off and try to find someplace else to get it, it's not helping us at all, not even a little bit. So, uh, you decide what you want to do. Uh, Again, these books are not written to make money. If they were, they would be written very differently to seduce you with your flesh, to get them because of false promises that are made, leading you to believe certain things that aren't necessarily true. We don't do that. Just the opposite. This program is very different, and so are our books. I think you know that. I just wanted to clarify that before we go further. Dr. McCullough emphasized in this conference last Wednesday that vaccinated people are exhaling a viral load that is no different from unvaccinated people. In other words, it's not affecting transmission at all. In fact, there are some who believe that those who have the vaccine are actually increasing transmission through what they call viral shedding. He said this is why the current crop of vaccines cannot stop transmission. Nor are they helpful for reducing transmission of the infection or even getting it. Data from the Pfizer trial on the vaccine showed a higher death rate among the vaccinated compared to the control group. No wonder they wanted to hide the results for 65 years. Let's take a look at some of the people who were at that conference uh, last Wednesday in Wisconsin. Liz Wilner created a website to make the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, vaccine safety data available, uh, more accessible to the average person. She discovered, according to the data, that vaccine injuries increased 20-fold in 2021, and vaccine-related deaths increased 50-fold in 2021. Do you have any idea what these numbers mean? These are vast, friends. These are not just nominal numbers. We're not talking about an additional 50 people who died. We're talking about 50 times as many people. Aaron Siri is a lawyer, and... uh he created a system called v for recording large samples of vaccine safety data. He said the risk of myocarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and autoimmune disorders was recognized and reported early in the Pfizer trials, suggesting that the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, made a deliberate decision not to create a paper trail for them. In other words, to hide the evidence from the American people. Massive deception in the name of, trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust us, we're the government. Ed Dowd, a securities analyst, reported data from group life insurance policies that cover healthy, employed people ages 18 to 64. He was at the conference. He said the death rate in that group jumped 40% in the third quarter of 2021 that went along with the federal vaccine mandates for large employers who buy these group life insurance policies. Josh Sterling was another person present, another security analyst. He summarized data from Britain's Office of National Statistics, and he said, to date, vaccinated people in the UK are dying at a rate 26% higher than the unvaccinated young people have suffered a 49% increased risk of mortality to date, he said. Is anybody listening? Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, doctor in public health, reported that alarming increases in disabling conditions for the U.S. Army were rightly reported right after the vaccine was mandated, and those signals were dismissed as a computer glitch. Well, The so-called glitch was fixed, but disabling illnesses and injuries continued in the Army, where they are now occurring at almost twice the pre-vaccination rate of 2020. The number of military deaths from COVID-19 vaccines is about 50% higher than the deaths from COVID-19 itself. Anybody listening? Dr. Ryan Cole reported, that coronaviruses as a class mutate rapidly. And that's why we have never had a vaccine, never had a vaccine for any coronavirus in the past. A largely vaccinated public, therefore, drives the virus to mutate even faster. We've been told that. We've reported here on this program. But it seems that almost no one is listening. And by the way, if you have a loved one, if you have people that you love, wouldn't it be and it would seem to me it would be incumbent upon you to somehow help those people come to grips by allowing them facilitating their listening to a program like this where we're actually I, there's no axe to grind here. I don't have a, I don't have a dog in this fight. Dr. Harvey Wright, Risch, Ph.D., Emeritus Professor of Epidemiology from Yale, said vaccine mandates can only be justified for vaccines that lower the risk of transmitting the virus. And the current vaccines do not prevent transmission, even in the old and vulnerable. Dr. Pierre Corey specialized in pulmonary medicine and critical care as a professor at the University of Wisconsin before he was dismissed from its medical school because he advocated early treatment for COVID-19. He reminded everyone that early treatment has always been our best line of defense against these kinds of things. He said 30% of the world's people live in countries where hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin is taken daily as preventatives, and these countries have had much lower rates of COVID-19 mortality than the so-called developed smarty-class world, where these medicines were discouraged or even prevented. So Corey talks straight to doctors and medical researchers. He said, high-impact journals have been under the control of the pharmaceutical industry. We've been repeated. We've seen repeated cases of manipulation of the data to show that a company's product is effective and conversely manipulated trials to prove, try to prove to everyone that it's safe. There is an immense amount of corruption, he said, in medical publishing and in the conduct of science. Finally, Dr. Paul Merrick, with 300 peer-reviewed publications, is the second most published expert on critical care in the world, and he estimated that hundreds of thousands of American deaths would have been avoided if hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin had been adopted as early treatments beginning in 2020. But he said that his hospital forbade him from using safe, effective treatments for COVID-19, including even vitamin C. Instead, he was encouraged to prescribe remdesivir that costs $3,000 per patient. It's all about money, friends. Remdesivir, he said, is highly toxic to the kidneys, increases the risk of kidney failure 20 times. Hmm. Of course, there was Dr. Robert Malone, holds the patent as the original inventor of the mRNA technology. He had a near-fatal response to the vaccination. He went globally and warned against anyone getting or prescribing the mRNA shot. He said that once the body is injected with the mRNA vaccine, the mRNA stays around and continues to generate spike protein for at least 60 days. We have no data beyond 60 days, so it's at least 60 days, he said, and it can be continue to be very toxic. We could go on. But we're not going to, because in the courts, if an attorney wants to present evidence, finally the court will say, enough is enough, counselor. You don't need to overprove your case. This headline, unethical. Study finds college VAX mandates are not science-based. In a paper published by the British Medical Journal, they concluded that mandates are not science-based policy, with the vaccines failing to prevent infection and transmission and the risks of severe side effects outweighing any potential benefit among college-age students. The doctor emphasized that no such analysis has been done by the CDC or the FDA, so he and his colleagues took up the challenge, noting that that more than 300 universities and colleges were, as of September 2022, mandating boosters across North America. He says, Is this science based policy? Is it ethically justified? Has science today been totally corrupted by leftist politics? He said, Using CDC and Pfizer data, the researchers estimated that 31,000 of 42,000 previously uninfected adults ages 18 to 29 would have to be boosted to prevent one COVID-19 hospitalization over a period of six months. But during that same time, based upon the data, 18.5 serious adverse events would take place. In other words, there is no reasonable justification for any kind of shots or boosters to be administered to college-age students. They are dangerous The researchers anticipated that for every hospitalization averted, there would be 1,430 to 4,600 cases of adverse events serious enough to prevent people from conducting daily activities. The benefits are unlikely to outweigh the harms by any significant degree to justify any kind of continuation with these vaccines. Current vaccines do not stop transmission, said the doctor. Meanwhile, due to the mandates, students risk being disenrolled and faculty fired. So in addition to the risk to your health and that of your students, mandates, he said, have caused backlash, further damaging the trustworthiness and credibility of scientific institutions and universities. And I might say also pastors and churches. Friends, I'm not anti-medicine. I'm just not anti-medicine. But I am pro-reason. And I am pro-trust in the Lord. What are you? Are you pro-trust in God? I'm not talking about just theoretically. I'm talking in reality. Day by day, day by day, do you trust God? Are you sure? I'm not talking about trusting for eternal salvation. I'm talking about trust him, trusting Him in every aspect of your life, whether it be economic, uh, physical, spiritual, uh, whatever it happens to be. Do you trust Him? That's what God wants in your life and mine. Now, to avoid the seduction and deception, get a copy of the book, Seduction of the Saints, How to Stay Pure in a World of Deception, $15 on our website. We'll put it in your hands. I hope you'll get it and read it carefully. Maybe read it again and maybe again, maybe once a month until it sinks deeply into your spirit. It's on the website, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. And please, seriously consider becoming a partner. We're continuing to be faithful after almost 28 years to get the message out.